It's like Bruce Almighty, but with a teenage girl, sexy demons, and not at all like Bruce Almighty. We watch Kamisama Kiss, and we're here today once again answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is to be your host producer, weeb of all trades, and socially awkward fish princess, PJ. And me, your super cute, slippery fiancé of a snake, Skylar. And joining us today, as always, is our dear friend and newest yokai on the hunt for Nanami's powers, Lauren. Hi everyone! Um, I've actually never been kissed, so... This is all going to be a new experience for like me. Like Drew Barrymore in that I one movie. I was going to say like Drew Barrymore. There you go. Me and Drew, we get each other. <laughs> well, no, because she eventually kisses. She does? <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers for never been kissed. Oh, my gosh. But speaking of kisses, this week we are wrapping up Romance Month with Kamisama Kiss. Woo! So, Lauren, <laughs> so Lauren, <laughs> tell me, based on that name alone, what did you think this anime was going to be about? Um, okay, so I recognized the word kiss. <laughs> Kamisama Kiss actually is the... means something completely different in Japanese. Oh, damn it. Yeah, well, anyway, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. So I'm saying this is the kiss of death. And I think this is going to be about someone who can't kiss another person because they're going to die, kind of like a Pushing Daisy situation. Oh, Have you seen Pushing Daisies? No, but I know the premise. I guess that's kind of-ish the premise of specifically the one romance in Pushing Daisies. So there you go. Is that so the? Look at me. Is it the main romance in Pushing Daisies? Well, yeah. yeah, I'm saying like he specifically can't kiss her. He can yes. kiss anyone else he wants. Yeah, but I think this is going to be about you know he wants to kiss the main girl. Or she wants to really kiss him and they can't because one of them is like death or something and they'll kill them. I, I mean, I'd be curious to watch this. I mean, again, it, it is very Pushing Daisies-esque. Yeah. Very Poison Ivy, too. Well, I mean, she chooses to do it. She could not. Murder. We don't know. She could not. <laughs> we don't I, she I mean, does. canonically, she very much could choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then once you saw the poster, were you like, ah, yes, I see which one's death. I see which one's not. Or were you like, oh, maybe this is different? No, I... I do think this is an isekai, and I think all of these people are gods, and then the one normal-looking girl has been transported to this, like, Mount Olympus god-like area. Ooh, so you're going, you're going isekai with this one. I am going isekai. I'm going full isekai with this anime, and she is the one who is transported to a different place. Oh, well, tell us about these gods and this girl. So the white-haired cat man with the bedroom eyes, <laughs> he's... <laughs> He is our love interest. Um, I said that he was the god of love just because, I mean, look at that expression on his face. He's the god of love. He is clearly going to be involved with our little girl who came over here from the real world. She is our regular human. She's very nice. She's very well-intentioned. And she's going to be, well, she's very innocent, of course. And uh, it's going to be learning a lot about how the world works and how these gods make it operate, if you will. The person with the feather, I said, is 
the deity of the moon of darkness, learning, and writing. So they're the super smart one. Ooh. That's a lot of different things. But you know what? That's pretty par for the course. Gods get like, they're the god of like books, uh, rivers, and like sneezes. I mean, yeah, look at <laughs> Athena, the goddess of wisdom and more. I mean, look at Apollo. I mean, that makes sense though. Apollo was the god of like literally everything. He was the sun god. He was the god of healing. He was like, he was he was fucking everything. No, no, no. Zeus was fucking everything. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You're so right. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of Greek pantheon humor for you guys. Oh, God. Zeus was such a problem. Anyway, but yeah, no, that's that's that God. And then I do have a God of death on this poster. It's the white haired person holding, I assume, is an urn because he's the God of death. They also have like creepy bedroom eyes-esque i don't know why everyone on this poster has that vibe but they do for me so that's the god of death he'll be around i do not think that death is the main romance in this anime anymore it's the god of love and this little this little girl who got transported so that changed then there's the girl with i guess a cloud scarf i can't really tell what that situation is but then that led me to believe that they are the deity of the weather. So they're going to be the emotionally, emotionally tumultuous one, but ultimately they they mean well. And then last but not least is this man with a fedora in the background with like a butterfly above him. I'm not really sure what that is, but I said that he is the deity of secrets, silence, and confidentiality because he defo looks like a, a secret agent. Secret man. Thank you. Thank I you, thought yes. you are going to be like, he's like the deity of gatekeeping girl bossing just like fedora things (laughs) fedora just fedora things i was gonna say the same thing (laughs) no 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 he uh uh, secrets confidentiality and uh silence yeah yeah there you go like the sound of silence (laughs) like the song we're full of songs this episode so many songs and movies (laughs) our little girl she is our the regular human who has been transported to this world um she's very innocent she's gonna see how the world works based on the gods that she's meeting and she falls in love with the god of love because they're holding hands all right okay so you know we've got this interesting isekai god romance i mean i've seen that type of story before so i wouldn't be surprised if we Mm -hmm, see it again mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. right tropes tend to permeate the genre so uh, I'm very curious to see what the what the god of what the land of the gods looks like. What her journey to kind of accept being here is. Heck, what even gets her there? Is it going to be the fated truck coon, or is it going to be something else? We're gonna have to be slated to see as we watch episodes one and two of Kamisama Kiss. So stay tuned to see how accurate Lauren's predictions are. So we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch episodes one and two of Kamisama Kiss. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? Um, I wasn't too far off with thinking this was going to be about gods, but was super wrong as to who was the god. You um, were like, technically you were wrong because there's only one god. <laughs> look at this gaggle of gods and this one girl. And instead it's, look at this one god and a bunch of non-gods. Four non-gods. <laughs> Four non-gods and a girl. Yeah, no, I had the god part right ish in theory but this was a much funnier anime than i anticipated it being from the poster i had a fun time watching this rom-coms are big in anime for sure also 100 not an isekai it, not an isekai no it was not i i think there's a fair assumption that this would be an isekai yeah everything pointed towards that right but at least for me on the poster it did but um 
yeah, no, very much set in the real world, just with crazy supernatural things, like Skylar said, happening around her. Because she's a god. Because she's a god. A well, god. god, let's take a quick break to go through some context. So Kami-sama Kiss is based on the manga by Julieta Suzuki that ran in Hana to Yume magazine from February 2008 to May 2016. The anime was directed by Akitaro Daichi and was done by studio TMS Entertainment for TV Tokyo from October to December of 2012 with a second season airing from January to March of 2015 for a total of 25 episodes between those two seasons. In addition to that, there was also a four-episode OVA titled Kamisama Kiss Kakoen, which is calligraphy, that mm. ran from August 2015 to August 2016, an OVA titled Kamisama Kiss, Shiawase Ninaru, which means Become Happy, that released in December 2016. Mm. Finally, a Kamisama Kiss stage musical performed in March 2015 in Japan with a second set of performances in 2016. The musical uh, is, it's, it's, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not super duper serious. And it, it, it definitely takes a very different storytelling route to the anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's because it's obviously trying to it's obviously trying to condense the whole story into two hours, so you get things that aren't revealed till later, revealed earlier on. It's its own thing, right? Right. But let's talk about what this thing was by quickly running down episode one and two. Nanami Momozono, a human high school student, is homeless after being evicted from her apartment after her father ran away from his gambling debts. While sitting in a park, she shoes away a dog harassing a man named Nikage, who, after hearing her circumstances, gives her a map to his home and leaves her with a wave and a kiss on the forehead. The home turns out to be a rundown shrine where a fox yokai named Tomoe is angry that Mikage, the land god of the shrine, who has been gone for 20 years, has given Nanami the deity mark of the land god by kissing her forehead, making her the new land god of the shrine. Tomoe refuses to serve Nanami and leaves in frustration. The next day, Onikini and Kotetsu, Tomoe's two shrine spirits, tell Nanami all the duties of land god which Tomoe previously had to do alone. Onikini and Kotetsu bring her to the world over yonder to see Tomoe, but she decides to leave after hearing him express his disinterest in the shrine. On the way back to the shrine, after Nanami manages to slip past three demons, thanks to Onikiri and Kotetsu, a demon hag begins chasing her in a forest. In order to be saved from this demon, Nanami forcefully kisses Tomoe to form a contract, forever binding him as her familiar. The next day, Nanami is excited when news spreads that pop star Shinjuro Kurama is transferring to her school. However, Tomoe only allows her to go to school under the condition that she wears a hood to conceal the deity mark on her forehead, which, while being visible to humans, is fully visible to other gods and spirits seeking to steal her divine power. At lunchtime, Nanami is framed for stealing Kurama's money until Tomoe makes a grand entrance in front of the other students, clearing her name and serving her lunch. The next day at school, deciding not to wear the hood, Nanami is approached by Kurama, but she turns him down. Tomoe soon realizes that Kurama is a crow tengu yokai who seeks to replace Nanami as land god and manages to wound his face, turning him into an ostrich and chasing him through the hallways. <laughs> when Nanami finds out about this, she orders Tomoe to revert Kurama back to normal. She treats Kurama's wound, telling him that he should always look his best in front of all the girls, and that's episode one and two of Kamisama Kiss. It was sweeter than I thought it would be. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, no, I think it was super sweet. I really enjoy kind of just how... I don't know, just Nanami is just a very sweet person. She really is. And I mean, her circumstances are so shitty where she's just a high school student trying her best. Her dad is the one gambling and leaves her with an eviction notice on the house. She has nowhere to go. And then, you know, she has to just make do with the situation that she's been gifted godlike powers. (laughs) I... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely super fucked up that her dad literally just abandoned her. Like, that's a, yes. that's some bullshit. Yes. I love 
how dramatic the narrator is, especially in the oh beginning. And it has that, that filter, so that like old timey <laughs> filter. I was just like, yes. Fuck. I loved that. I loved the fourth wall storytelling for both episodes. And um, they kind of did some breakaways every now and then. We're like, what is she going to do now? It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love that fourth wall break in the narration. Mm-hmm. Uh, with I agree, Skylar, with that that little, like, I don't know, very old schooly filter. And it, it's not like a silent picture show situation, but that's like the vibe it was trying to go for. 100%. Which honestly, like, not to always just be comparing animes to each other. <laughs> Is there another one? Is this another instance? A lot of anime, <laughs> but like another anime that kind of does that like old timey filter recap situation and is about like weird demon deity school stuff with like a teenage girl. Toilet Bound Hanagokun. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Here you go. You heard it here first. Also, we need to get this out of the way. Lauren, okay. you really need to stop assuming everyone's a cat. Oh, that's yeah, 100%. <laughs> you did this with Inuyasha. I did. I, I don't know. I see the ears. I assume cat. And is wow. Inuyasha not also a fox? Wow. No, he's a dog, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, Inuyasha, dog demon, you assumed was a cat. I did. Tomoe, fox demon, you assumed was a cat. Is not, that a racism? Nothing has been a cat so far. Why do you just look at ears and you're like, ah, cat? Because they're pointy. I don't and know. And so are other animals. Our dog, Eva, has pointy ears. You're going to look know. at Eva and be like, that's a cat. I, don't I will know. say, so um, my fa- I grew up in a cat hating family, and I don't mean like oh my family didn't have cats. Like my parents hated cats, Whoa. hate with a visceral passion. Whoa. Um, and so like I was, you know, uh, I was raised uh to hate cats and had to learn to love cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had to break mm-hmm. the cycle of hate. Exactly. <laughs> that really is like a little racism because so my parents were also super racist, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> just, just as a okay. cutie side. <laughs> just. But um, I remember the first time I showed my mom a picture of our dog, Eva, who has those big pointy ears. She literally was like, that's so ugly. It looks like a cat. <gasps> Poor Eva. Our dog is literally the cutest fucking dog I've ever she seen. She is. I love Eva so much. I've met her once, but I love her forever. So, yeah, I guess um, my mom and Lauren have a lot in common in that they look at those see ears cats and only everywhere. see cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I mean, art foxes. In the feline, they're not, they're canines. Aren't How they? dare say, you? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's there is definitely another... parallels, like a lot more parallels to Inuyasha. Cats. Yeah. Which, okay, so real quick, I want to kind of ask a question because I feel like, Skylar, you'll know the answer to this question. Okay. So in this episode, in these two episodes, we meet a crow demon called Karama. And maybe this is like some weird dumb thing that i've had i always assumed karama was a fox demon because you have a fox demon named karama in yu yu Hakusho and in naruto yes where what it's based off is mount karama which uh, is the home of tengu so like uh crow demons and um the legend is they taught people like ninjutsu and stuff so i'm assuming because like Nar- naruto is like ninja magic (laughs) uh they were like karama um but it's also because he was influenced or the creator was also influenced by yu yu hakusho 
uh, which is oh, so it's just like circular references. Yeah. So I'm just over here like, wow, yeah, Karama clearly probably means Foxy. But heck, I honestly, I bet if you went back to like the Naruto or Yu Hakusho episode, I probably said that as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, so correction here. Okay, so they're so the crow spirits aren't called Karama. So they're 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 Tengu. Tengu yes, which. Now that makes that makes sense why the crow people in D and D are called kankus. Yes, it does. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I made that same connection. Bad translation. I don't think it's a bad translation, but I think it's like you a, know a bastardization. Callback. I mean, yeah, you know, it's a callback. Yeah. So okay, well, thank you, Skylar. You've cleared up a lot of confusion for me. The more you know, glad I could help. <laughs> My ASMR <laughs> gratitude. Yeah, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I'm glad that I can help. That sounded so like, yeah, you stupid bitch. You son of a bitch. Hold on. You stupid idiot. I'm glad that I can help. You can't go back on your emotions. I can tell when I'm I'm being talked down to. I'm not. I was just excited and a little sleepy, so it comes out sounding bitchy. (laughs) Something that, uh, I mean, A, not to to translate off of being like, yeah, Skylar's a bitch, because I don't think you're a bitch, but uh speaking of being bitchy you know who's like the biggest bitch tomoe karama oh <laughs> yeah karama was about to like frame her for theft like on day one too but like he was he but, yeah. like in a manipulative way like where he's like he pocket you know put money in her pocket and then was like oh uh i'm missing my money so that everyone would accuse her so that then he could be like a oh hero. never mind i get i loaned you that money just so that, like he's literally trying to like gaslight gaslight her into being able to manipulate her into feeling like she owes him one and that's like toxic so toxic uh, what is that that syndrome called where um people in healthcare make people sick so that they could save them oh like no, and not oh, just healthcare. a lot of parents do it too gypsy um, bros yeah no this does happen a lot I don't know what it's called. Munchausen by proxy. Yay. There you go. He's got Munchausen, but romantically? I don't know. No, not at this point. No, this is just manipulation. Yeah, I think he's just trying to wear her down because like, he knows. clearly. Well, at that point, he did know she was a god, but I think he, she wasn't as, I don't know, she wasn't giving him as much attention as everybody else was. Yeah. So I think he was like, trying to get back at her for it because he's a little bitch he's definitely one of those people that's just like i'm gorgeous and talented um i'm fascinated that you don't love me yeah mm-hmm. you know what i do love about karama though go for it his fucking theme music <laughs> oh i'm so glad <laughs> you brought this up that was incredible i was like I this is probably it. my favorite song of the anime it definitely is better than the N- uh, op and ed uh 100 it's fucking lit. Like, it's and not even so to say that I good. dislike the OP and ED, which we'll talk about later. But right. like, this song is Slaps. awesome. No, I it's didn't even so look good. for a full version. Like, this reminds me of when we were watching Psyche K, and I was just like, okay, but like lightning, the like like the lightning gods of judgment song or whatever from. Ugh. Like, was, that's what's lit. I was that's listening to that the other day, based off the tweet that you made, and like, damn, that song goes way too hard for like a. F- not even 10 second clip in an anime. I think it goes the perfect amount. The Judgment Knights of Thunder, legendary hero. Legendary. It so hero. 80s in the best way. 
which uh, shout out to our listener and, and temporary co-host Dob for reminding me of how amazing that is after we reminded him in our Psychic episode. So check out our Psychic episode. Also check out our another episode, which Dom was a host on. <laughs> Yeah, Dom did a great job. I enjoyed listening to that one. So yeah, um, Kurama does have a full version of his song. There is a full version of his song. Uh, oh the song is called Da Tendie, which is There They Are. <laughs> so super check it out. It is lit. It is like seven minutes long. <laughs> seven minutes? That's it's worth so it. cool. Ugh. Give us a little snippet, uninterrupted snippet. And I guess he performs more times in the anime. Skylar can confirm or deny that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are other versions, but his main song, Kurama's theme, which is Datendia. Holy shit. <laughs> it's fucking it's awesome. It's so good. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, that is the only redeeming quality about Karama so far. But you can yes. clearly tell by the end of the episode, right? Like, he has, like, a little bit of, like, a crush on Oh, for uh, sure. And I smitten. think that's, and obviously I feel like that's probably going to be the theme of the series, is, like, her kindness and warmness and almost just her humanity is going to make all of these yokai like fall for her. But like Tomo is going to be the one that like wins her heart. Tomoe. Oh. Um, uh, which speaking of Lauren, you don't have to scream at the screen for them to kiss. You got it right away. I, I mean, I did, but it was forced upon one of the parties. So I was like, it, I prefer it when it's mutual. I mean, that's great, but he literally was in the middle of letting her like get eaten. So I, I would be interested to see it's kind of like a what if situation. What if she had never kissed him? Mm-hmm. She would in have that died. Moment? That's what would have happened. You know, I don't that, right? know. Yeah. No, no, no. I, she I would have died. That is what would like. There's not a what. Uh, oh, maybe she would have died, Lord. Mm, I don't know. I think he has more of a heart than he's no, letting he on. No, he clearly wasn't no. even remotely thinking like. We cannot at stress point, enough, Lauren. Lauren. He does not like her at this yeah, point. There's no softness to him. Honestly, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite parts is when she's like telling her sad backstory. And usually that's the part where you see the like main uh, love interest like soften up. And he was just like, don't care. Not my, and, like, not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, I cannot stress enough, Lauren. The what if is she would be dead. What if her powers kicked in? No, one hundred percent they would not have. Well, her powers are about helping others, and she wouldn't be able to help herself. She's no. not another; she's herself. Mm. <laughs> like you can write fanfic about it, you'd be wrong, but you could do it. <laughs> I'm sure it already exists. So yeah, one hundred percent the answer is she'd be dead. So speaking of that, though, um, this anime is so fucking funny. Like it's so funny the whole time. I was just like cracking up it's great it's Mm -hmm. a good time Mm -hmm. yeah 
And that part where she's being chased by the uh, the old demon lady, uh, yeah, fucking hilarious. <laughs> so funny. I mean, instantly when there was this old <clears throat> random lady in the woods being like, "Oh, could you help me?" I'm like, "Girl, don't do that." But she's a better person than I am, so she's like, "Yeah, of course I'll help you." And I was like, "See, that's how you gonna get killed." Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So, what did you think about the designs of um? The shrine spirits. The will-o'-wisps? Yes. Is that what they are, will-o'-wisps? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were adorable. Um, I thought they were a really nice balance because what's happening to Nanami is so traumatic because she just lost her home. She's basically an orphan. She has to live with this very temperamental fox familiar demon um, and has to learn an entirely new way of life. But... I felt that the little will-o'-wisps were a nice counter to that, and they brought a, a lot more lightness to to her existence and to the story as a whole. Yes. Um, yeah, I think they're... Su- like, honestly, I was, like, worried they'd be really annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, like, I think handled very well. Like, they're, they're yeah. just enough. They're just enough of a presence. They're just funny enough. Like, um, and they're just sincere enough. Like, I think they're handled, uh, like, really well. Yeah, they definitely have that capability to become... A, like Olaf from Frozen where mm. he just he, he tips it sometimes to be too much and too annoying See, I feel like Olaf I don't know this is like maybe a hot take I don't actually think Olaf's annoying me either at least in Frozen 1 mm. like I also like I in my head was thinking of bringing up Olaf and being like it's like Olaf because I think Olaf in Frozen 1 was the perfect balance like the- I think they used him <clears throat> just enough I think the only time I've ever been annoyed by Olaf is the World of Color, like holiday 100%. edition. Oh, that one is atrocious. Because they did that version. They they had that come out before Frozen even came out. And it's hosted by Olaf. And it's like so much Olaf. And I literally remember mm-hmm. watching it and being like, this is annoying. I'm going to hate this character. But then like in the movie, they use him like a reasonable amount. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Frozen 2, I think he's also really funny, too. So I, I do like him in Frozen 2. He's a very different presence in it. <laughs> it's development. Gross. Um, oh, my God. Let's talk about... Or, ignore that part. Oh, my God. What about her classmate that keeps calling her, like, hard knock? Like, keeps telling her she has a hard knock life? I mean, she does have a hard knock life. I know. Homegirl's dad girl. Like, like, is a gambling addict who abandoned her and left her homeless. Like, n- Lil Orphan Annie could never. But Lil like, Orphan Annie wishes. Him making fun of her, like, is his whole personality, specifically about being poor and sad. I oh feel like God. there's like an alternate anime where he's like the romantic love interest. Yeah. Oh, is no, this where seriously. he's just like making fun of her and doing all this because he actually has secret feelings for her? 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's one of those toxic. Um, oh, we <laughs> see a theme emerging. Yeah. He's one of those toxic, problematic love interests who are just mean to a protagonist for no reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skylar's mm-hmm. favorite kind. Is that your no, favorite character? My that favorite random schoolboy is uh, blackmail, which is toxic. Bla- yeah. I'm sorry, blackmail? and they're usually pretty mean for no reason. Yeah, no, blackmail's your favorite. We've like, talked. To- we talked about this uh, in the in first one. Community Tadoke. Yeah, it's not necessarily blackmail. It's a uh, contracts. Okay, call me back because I'm in the world of contracts. <laughs> this must be real. You must really love this anime. <laughs> this is like an interesting take on the contract situation. 
In what Especially, way? Well, because the contract situation is usually more, it is more transactional than this. Mm-hmm. It is more like, oh, it's almost always the powerful person giving a contract to like a the person, person, like the weaker person mm-hmm. versus this is like a subversion of that where it's like the weaker person kind of forcing a contract on the more powerful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm just saying it's a subversion of the, of the trope. Which is great. Love that. We yeah. love a girl boss. And that's why we Nanami love a girl. Is. Honestly, uh, such a girl boss move. When she kissed him, like when she like dragged him down with her, when she was like, "I refuse to like he killed." I, no, I refuse to like Grovel. give into your shitty little groveling that you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And like she drags him down and kisses him. I literally wrote in my notes, and again, I hate reading up what I write in my notes, but I literally wrote pride kiss baller move. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> she didn't ask for help. She told him to help her. It's true. She took what she wanted. But it's also not, you know, a lot of times in contract romances, like part of the contract ends up becoming a romance where they're like, oh, well, uh, you have to go on this date with me or whatever. Like, Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like a um, power imbalance thing. But she like literally just, A, was trying to survive. And B, after that is like, I don't know, you do you, I guess. Except for like when she's like, stop trying to kill people. Yes. Yes. See, and that is a nice... Line in the sand to draw. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a that's a cute little parallel to Inuyasha with his beads and him having to obey everything Naname says. <laughs> yeah, Naname speaking says. of Inuyasha, obviously uh, similar-ish character designs, right? Yes. Between Inuyasha and Tomoe. But in the outro visuals, the outfit that Kurama is wearing is like exactly Inuyasha's outfit. Deadass, yeah. <laughs> Even, like, the beads that he's wearing look almost like the beads of subjugation. I know, yeah. I was like, what anime but am I watching? The ones that he's wearing are, like, sacred beads. Like, sacred, yes. like, prayer beads, basically. Which, so I mean, saying... the beads of subjugation are basically, like, yeah. modified prayer beads. <laughs> they are. So you could, uh, you could find a word... <laughs> That this man has to obey you when you say it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know what I do love about Nanami's? Obviously, we talked about her like constantly just being very caring. What I really love is that she's got like this very big heart, especially for someone who's, who's gone, gone through, through so, so much. much. Mm-hmm. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. No big news this week, but if you are one of our loyal fans that listens to the episodes as soon as they drop, which we love you, by the way, You may have noticed this episode dropped a lot later in the day. We're just experimenting with release time and seeing how it affects our discoverability and listen numbers. So it's just an analytics test, but it might change again next week or the week after to earlier, later. But regardless, Thursday remains a consistent release day. And once we lock something in, we'll try to stick to it. Head on over to our Patreon after this episode to listen to all of our bonus content if you are a patron. If not, why not? Go ahead and join. Tomorrow, patrons will have access to our newest bonus episode, a deep dive where Skylar educates Lauren and I on the most toxic tropes in romance anime. That episode does contain some intense discussion of some very serious topics, including physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. So it's not for everyone, but it is an important conversation to have. And I think it was a good episode, so definitely check it out if you're able to listen to those topics. Later this week, we will also be releasing our February wrap-up, where we talk about our favorites from the month, episodes, animes, OPs, and everything in between, as well as answer some questions submitted by our patrons. So if you're excited to hear what Skylar has to say about your favorite toxic trope, want a question answered on March's wrap-up, or are just excited to hear any of the other bonus content we have planned to come down the pipeline, 
You can find us on Patreon by searching Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaii desu pod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, all six currently super desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Brad the Bard, Alex J, Rebelin and Isekai, and Jellums. You're all pretty kawaii desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at kawaii desu pod, or go to kawaiidesupod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D dot com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. It really does help. We will see you all again next week as we kick off a new month with a new theme. Keep an eye on our social media for the announcement of what those episodes will be, or tune into our February wrap-up to get the announcement early. Now, back to the podcast. But I also love that she's like such an oversharer. Oh, she honestly, honestly, like Skylar is like this, where like she'll meet someone and like within like three hours they have like her entire life story, which is bad. That's a toxic <laughs> trait called trauma dumping, and I've been working on it. She's a trauma dumper for sure. Like the fact that like she met, um, I already forgot homeboy God's name, like the original God, Mikage. Mikage. The fact there that she met go. Mikage and immediately told her, told him his like her entire life story while they were sitting on the bus bench, <laughs> and then he was like, I mean, "Damn, that's rough." Kiss. That's <laughs> Kiss. rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. I mean, it makes sense because she doesn't trauma dump again, as far as we have seen. Um, but it had just happened, right? And I think she was just in a state of panic and didn't know what to do, and that's why it was just all coming out on the surface because she hasn't done that to anyone else yet right oh I, I yeah i do like how in the first like in both episodes anytime she wakes up she, she says like retells the, the entire plot <laughs> and, but like she says it so fast she's like and then this happened and this happened and, this happened, and then she's like ah oh, thank oh, god that was just a dream that's so funny. <laughs> and i love the callback when she does it again in episode two and the willow wisps willow wisps are like you did this yesterday and the narrator is also like yeah Nanami, you fucking did this yesterday yeah, they were like, wow, deja vu much? Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. And obviously, like, that's kind of where Tomoe comes in. But she's kind of, is, she's the god of this shrine, but she's kind of tasked with doing the duties of a shrine maiden. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, no, she's not actually tasked with that. It's because Tomoe left. Because those are his responsibilities. Yeah, but like, so, would it, there be a shrine maiden to have those responsibilities? Like, why is it a demon that has those responsibilities? Well, it's a familiar's responsibilities. But still, where's the shrine maiden? Well, the shrine maiden is like a more like real life kind of situation. Um, who takes this care- is real life? <laughs> is this real life? Um, <laughs> uh, no, because like you, you need people to um clean shrines and stuff because like there isn't gonna probably be an actual presence of god in a and i mean this one had been <laughs> abandoned for 20 years right the god had left yeah. to the point where the only the person was, yeah it was just home away yeah um because i'm assuming in this world everyone's supernatural when it comes to the shrine mm-hmm. and okay. shrine maidens are typically human this is alternate reality where shrine maidens don't exist well, because they're they like, don't need to. So yeah, Sailor Moon could pr- not happen. Sailor Moon could never. Or Inuyasha. Could never. Or Inuyasha. So many things could never happen. They could never. 
Oh my god. Uh, long dead and gone by now. I thought he was like watching him do everything where he was like cleaning up and cooking and doing everything. And I was like, God, I wish I had a familiar. <laughs> Where's my fox You're familiar? You're my familiar. Ugh. Oh, wow. Well, I want mine so that I don't have to do these things. Can I just Train get a familiar Eva. to edit the podcast for me? That's what the Patreon's for. <laughs> we haven't We're made finding... enough money for me to pay a, an editor. We're trying to find PJ a familiar. Please help us. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that Nanami has like this constant blush. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just always. Her cheeks are so pink and I love it. Yeah, it's it a very how much, character design. Yeah, it shows how much like life and vitality she has, you know? Yeah. It's adorable. Um, I love how she's like got some like rage <laughs> and she's not like afraid to um express it. Like she's not like cutesy cutesy. She'll like yell all the time and it's great. It's kinda like Hori, you know? She was the same where she was very nice, she was very caring and loving. Honestly, but she yeah, she had very a temper. similar character design too. Wow. This is a what if situation for this Hori. Is a what if for Hori? <laughs> poor poor Miyamura. Oh, poor Miyamura. He loves her so much. Um, I will say this is like a a, a take back from our Hori Mia episode. Uh, just a joke that I thought of after the fact that I was like, man, I'm sad I didn't get to put that in the podcast. It's not a good joke, so that's why I'm just editing it in here. Oh, uh, we were like two days later. We were listening to Mama Mia by ABBA, and I was just like, Hori Mia. Here I go again. And I was like, well, <laughs> there's that joke. <laughs> and, and like, so honestly, kind of going back to Horimiya, something that I love in Horimiya is the like goth alt like rock aesthetic that Miyamura has at the beginning, but then he like takes it off. He softens up for everyone. And then I mm-hmm. love that a, um, uh, Nanami is like, hey, you've got to keep your image because there's girls who are like rely on you being hot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you get that mm-hmm. cute little blush from him when she's like taking care of his wound because she's like, yeah. I fucking hate you, but so many other people love you and you need to respect them. And I was like, damn, Nanami, uh, I but what love I, you. But what Ugh. I absolutely love is the part where she essentially calls him a poser, <laughs> where she's like, I thought you were supposed to be a fallen angel from hell. <laughs> I'm just a fucking crow demon. You're just a fucking crow. <laughs> what a downgrade, honestly. When you're expecting an angel, because she was like a fan and a simp for him. Like she went back to school specifically to meet him. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. She even admits that she's like, yeah, I was in the wrong. I also was because he was like, oh, I just hate being stared at and blah 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 bullshit. And she's like. Okay, yeah, you're right. I also was like staring at you, but now I fucking hate you. And he's like, "Ooh, that's sexy. I like that." <laughs> I mean, that happens a lot. It's a it's a big trope in the genre. Yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. But yeah, I mean, talking about this like more broadly, I just I like what this anime is like. I. I like that it's kind of playing with a lot of the tropes of the genre, right? Like, is it it has every ability to be an isekai. Like, this could be, like, essentially, like, the bad and breakfast for spirits type of isekai, oh. but it's, like, the reverse of that. <laughs> um, it could be a contract story, but it's the reverse of that. Like, it's a lot of, you know, playing around with the tropes. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. always subverting them, yeah. but it's playing around with them. 
Absolutely. Which like, I really enjoy. If she was stuck in the other world, then yes, it would be like, you know, exactly. For no, for sure. For Full sure. isekai, yeah. But Bed and Breakfast for Spirits, uh, highly suggest watching it. It's a good time, everyone. Do you know what this reminded me of, Skylar? What? Is that one K-drama we watched where the girl was like beholden to like the pig demon? Oh, do you mean the monkey? The monkey demon. It's like the, the one K-drama where the girl is like, she has something in her that every demon wants, Steve, but like she's yeah. being protected by the monkey demon who also kind of wants to eat it. Oh, it's so good. Because again, um, Lauren, it is contracted. Like she has to mm-hmm. trick him into not eating her and forces him to be a protector via jewelry. Ah, there you go. It happened. So again. it's the mix of Inuyasha and this. <laughs> Kamisama kiss. But that one's go. a monkey, but you'd probably still think it was a cat. If it had pointed ears, probably. <laughs> it's called a Korean Odyssey. Yes, that one was so good. So uh, <laughs> we actually won't have this as a segment because I haven't seen enough and Skylar has seen some, but not enough. But, you know, if we had a segment where we were like, if you like this anime, watch this K-drama. If you like Kamisama Kiss, watch <laughs> Korean Odyssey. <laughs> if you like Fruits Basket, you can watch any Every of them. Every single They're all K-drama. like this. Every K-drama. <laughs> Sam, Lauren, I just want you to watch a K-drama, like, one time so we could send you all the um, K-drama TikToks because they're so fucking dead on and so funny. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe the segment will come back whenever it fits. But regardless... It seems to fit a lot, but... You, you know, know it, it honestly doesn't fit that much uh, for me because I haven't seen that many K-dramas, but, you know, Skylar could throw out some recommendations once in a while. <laughs> but that said, yeah, this anime... Uh, again, it fits a lot of tropes, but I like that it plays around with them. It has its own unique style, both artistically, which quickly, quickly, quickly. There's something about this art style that like it always boggles my mind. This came out in the 2010s. Like this feels like it should have come out in the early 2000s. So much more recent. Yes, it absolutely does. I completely agree. Wait, I what did you, you say? Uh, agree. I think we're saying the wrong. I think you're disagreeing with me. Oh, you're saying that. I said it feels like it came out in the early 2000s. Oh. Oh no! See, no, I think we're disagreeing because I like I look at this even like the art style, the quality of the animation. I'm like, yeah, this feels like it came out in 2004. You know it what? Feels though? Older to you? It's mm. because the director of this anime is the same director for the first Fruits Baskets, and I honestly that reads for me like 100. percent But I love it. I think it's super I don't, cute. I don't mean it, it in a bad way. Like 100. percent I don't say that to be like ugh, disparaging. But like something about the it feels art more style. Classic feels like it should have come out in like 2003 2004 as opposed to something like mm. where like when we were talking about community Tadoke, where i was watching it and being like i'm surprised this isn't from like 2018 2019 right because i mean obviously like this is something that maybe contextually you don't have as much uh relation with lauren but like uh, anime kind of goes through its own evolutions art style wise like obviously each anime has its own art style but like the type of animation and style of art mm-hmm. kind of goes through its through whole genre shifts so that's kind of what i mean like it fits into the same art style and kind of general vibe as the anime that were coming out in the early 2000s okay that makes more sense i mean like inuyasha yeah i do like inuyasha yeah they're the same well not the same i think he's <laughs> similar. it's a little bit more than like for inuyasha with you because like, i mean also yeah check out our inuyasha episode we brought it up a million times it's a good episode check out our inuyasha because that was a uh, super successful uh gonna keep watching it <laughs> uh, you really prioritized it uh, so honestly this anime is if I'm doing a ranking of my like top five 
uh, shoujo anime. This is definitely in it. And for my top oh. 10, uh, my top 10 most favorite anime of all time, if it's not my top five, it's definitely like six or seven. Is Kamisama Kiss? Yeah, I fucking love this anime. I wanted to, I've been trying to get PJ to watch it with me for years because I just, I love it so much. I love a good shoujo that is funny. And mm-hmm. this is successful. It cracks me up. I love the dynamic between Tomoe and Kurama. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like even the conflict he also has with Nanami. It's just, it's a good time. I love it so much. So this was your first time watching it too, PJ? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> you know what else was a good time? Was the music the of Kamisama Kiss. <laughs> so obviously we already talked about the best song in Kamisama Kiss, which was Kurama's theme. But let's mm-hmm. talk about the anime intro and outro for Kamisama Kiss. So our OP is Kamisama Hajime Mashita, which is Nice to Meet You, God, by Hanae. What did you think of that OP? It was so sweet. It was very soft. Um, it was very nostalgic feeling for me. Um, and I, I thought almost the visuals almost like a 2003 matched. anime. No, all, like, you <laughs> know what? It. Yes, actually, almost like an early 2000s anime. It felt, it felt more like my childhood. You know? Yeah, I absolutely agree completely. I really like this OP. It, it, I think literally the first time I listened to it, it, I was like, this is weird. And literally the second time, I was already like, all right, I'm sold into it. I'll literally, yeah. I've been uh, ever since like watching the two episodes in preparation for this episode, and obviously rewatching them for this episode. Uh, you know, 40 minutes ago, I was <laughs> just walking around just being like, Nekami sama. <laughs> like that part specifically keeps getting stuck in my head for some reason. It, right. it's, a, it's a bop. It is a bop. It's not like the boppiest bop, but it's a bop. Yeah. It's, Honestly, yeah. it had to grow on me. Like back when I originally watched this anime, I was just like, oh, okay. And then like, yeah, like an episode or two later, I was just like, damn, this is good. This is good. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so then let's talk about the outro song, which is Kamisama Onegai, which is Please God, also by Hanae. <laughs> So Lauren, tell me, what did you think of that outro? I really liked this one. For both episodes I saw, it's the outro started like a couple of seconds as the anime was finishing, which I really liked. I always knew when the end was coming. I always like when they do that too. I don't know. I like, yeah. like a fade out into the outro. It's fun. 
I love me a good fade into the outro. But yeah, no, um, this one is much more subdued, but it's layered and it feels um, more complex than your usual outro. See, this is the one that always gets stuck in my head. So I'll be walking Mm -hmm. around the apartment being like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Damn, those are really. Was Hana a here? Skyler's my artist for this anime outro. <laughs> oh my god, I like how offbeat that was, guy. <laughs> Not me, like being like, wow, I fucking butchered that. It's like six ahs, and you got them all off rhythm. <laughs> God, I will say, um, I don't know why. I, I this is something I'd meant to bring up earlier in the episode, uh, but I'll bring it up now because as we were looking, as we talk about like the visuals for the outro, you have like it's just sexy shots of everyone of the, yeah, the yokai, of all the yokai. Yeah. Well, while yeah. I was looking at the the sexy tumble, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know how I haven't thought to mention this. Of course, this is probably Dane's favorite character because he has silver hair. He has silver hair. There so, it is. Lauren. Well, there were two silver-haired people on this poster. <laughs> to be fair, we haven't gone into the other one yet, so I can't yeah, necessarily I, I can't determine. speak to it. But also, Dane also tends to like like meaner silver-haired characters. Yeah, so Tomoe, Tomoe fits that Tomoe vibe. Fit. He, yeah, Dane is into the toxic men. Uh, but that said, yeah, I absolutely do really like this outro. It's very like mystifying mm-hmm. very hypnotizing like it's yeah it's very hypnotizing it's got like this very like ethereal breathiness to it yes uh, great but yeah absolutely a bop so then let's move to our segment what modern new contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros tell me lauren who do you think would have done a good job with that intro so i did not think that i could find a vocal match and i was right but um I went for more of like the vibes and what the song evoked for me. So I went with Sarah Bareilles, uh, specifically her song, I Choose You. It's interesting because I agree with you, but like I also don't like disagree. No, I don't even disagree. What I think, unless uh, Skylar could easily blow me out of the water with this one. But something that I found when I was picking artists was like, wow, I cannot find a vocal or a style match, but I can find an energy match. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I feel like you found an energy match with this. With this, like I think mm-hmm. I choose you by Cerebralis definitely has the same energy as uh, Kamisama Hajime, Hajime Mashita, but it does not like have. Yeah, no, that the, has nothing. It else. does not have the vocal range. It does not have the the art the style. But the no. energy is like spot on. Like I don't know what that is, but I feel like I went similar with Mm -hmm. my selections uh because for my intro uh, i went with the bird and the bee yeah i feel like exactly like you said it's it's not a perfect match but the energy is there it's the vibe of the song uh yeah it's hard to match this but skylar might be about to be like you fucking idiots of course it's easy to match it's this let's go (laughs) i'm not that mean anymore when it comes to this anymore <laughs> it was just the one time oh the one time jazz time so i did the opposite of what you guys did where like the Which energy i actually tried <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 i actually found a good one so no no no, no. uh i went more for uh matching the vocals mm-hmm. and um this really reminded me of Doja Cat's Say So. Uh, okay, I definitely hear I where like you're it. going for with the vocals, yeah. for sure. Like, I think it's like, she's got like a little, like, even though they're the same, they're like the same pitch, but like, she's got like a little more like, 
oomph soul. in her voice, like a little mm-hmm. more like bass, a little more soul, something in there. But I definitely think the vocal match is there. Much closer. Yeah, I think that she could get into that register if she wanted like to. Like if she wanted to sing the song. You know, if we're returning to our old segment, uh, what Martin or Contemporary Artists could do the song if you hold a gun to their head. I think Doja Cat could totally t- do it. <laughs> I don't think I you think would have would. to hold a gun to her head. She likes anime. Well, then there you go. Let's Doja Cat. We're waiting for your single. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean gun to her head as if she would refuse to do this song. But I just mean like, I don't think she ever would. Alternatively, mm-hmm. I don't think she's sitting there like, God, what am I going to do tomorrow? Release an out. But also, Heike, if any mainstream artist like and I mean, like mainstream mainstream wants to release a series of anime covers, I, Ugh, that'd just that would be like the coolest so thing cool. ever. Because yeah. I was going to be like, I don't think she's sitting there being like, I'm going to release a, an album of shoujo hits. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But if she did. But if she did, that'd be fucking damn. lit. Yeah. I think the closest we've ever gotten to that is that uh, Gundam album by Andrew WK. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but that aside, yeah, I think that's a great choice. Mm-hmm. I think hers was, I think Skylar's was the closest. Yeah, it's hard to match this. Uh, I don't think any of us got there, but yeah. Uh, so let's move to our outro then. So, Lauren, why don't you tell us who you would pick for Kamisama Onegai? Um, I was looking, I was trying to go for everything here. I was trying to go for someone who would be that perfect fit for this outro, uh, vocally, tonally, like all of that stuff. I landed on Britney Spears, um, Unusual You. Okay, I do feel like there is one small, tiny bit segment of that song that totally <gasps> matches. Whisper a lot of it does so match. Fun. She goes into like you know similar Oz later on too. Like, listen, I think it's a great choice. I think Britney's there. I think she this one it. song is a good choice for Britney. Yeah, I had a secondary option, but I deleted it, so I can't remember it. So <laughs> she had a couple in her in her repertoire that she could defo do this. If you say so. Skylar, So I do have to tell you, because again, I I was thinking about this uh, as I was falling asleep last night, and um, I woke up with a TikTok audio in my head, and I was like, doesn't match the vibe at all, but the voice is pretty good, and it's um, The Sad Girls Love Money by Amare and Molly. I see what you're going for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this one. Well, since you were so judgmental about our choices, PJ, who did you go for? I want to clarify. I can critique you without being better than you. <laughs> if, the cr- if the criteria for critiquing someone was being better for them, we wouldn't have film critics. Did you ever see I, the one movie that Roger true. Ebert made? It was not good. I have not seen it. I didn't know he made a movie. Yeah. Uh, you're teaching me something. But that said... Uh, I do like my choice. I do not think it is a perfect choice. I landed on an energy match. I think they're like 40%, like 50% they're on vocals, 40% they're on style, but like 95% they're on energy. Uh, I went with Dido. I like this as a match too. I think she could do the song. I definitely wish it was like a lot slower. And I think like that would be like, mwah. Perfect. Yeah. And Perfect again, match. I also want to clarify, I think you have a great choice, Lord. I just don't think any other Britney works. That's all I'm saying. I think the song you picked is perfect. I'm, Thank you. I'm really happy with my choice. Yeah. So. so like before you get all upset, I was just I was just saying I don't think Britney generally works, but that Britney works. That Britney works. She exists. You could do the uh that sad song Britney does where she's like 
running through the hospital because she's like in a coma or whatever. That one didn't fit as much. I was looking through all of her ballads to see if she would be a remote fit and um, Unusual You was the closest I got. I love Brittany though, so that is how we will end this. Uh, uh, I'm glad she's free and we will move on from this segment because we are done with our music segment, which means we are going to move on to our context clip. So we will be taking a quick break while we show those to Lauren, which means we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, we're back and we had Lauren watch a few additional clips, some additional context, some additional demons, yokai, gods, and everything in between. After all of that, uh, you know, it, it brings into question a lot about, like, life, right? Like, you have this teenage girl who has become a god, but she's not necessarily granted all the powers of a god. Like, she's not handed the title and then is all-powerful. She has to learn and kind of develop this energy and this power, Which right? Which is kind of like Kagome. Kagome has to, like, build up spiritual powers to be, like, a successful priestess. Yes, like Kagome, you know, you have to learn to handle the power that is given to you. It's not just gifted to you. Uh, and part of part of accepting that power is, you know, kind of flexing it and exercising it. And obviously at first it's going to be weak, but over time it's going to get a lot stronger. And part of flexing that is just practice and experience similar to how you've been practicing and experiencing more and more anime, mm-hmm. which I don't know, maybe, Lord, this is where I'm telling you, you've become just like Nanami became a land god. Maybe you've become an anime god. Oh, Woo! wow. And all you have to do to take the first step into fulfilling your role is answer one important question. Uh-huh. No kisses needed here. Oh, good. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. All offense taken. That's why. <laughs> Lauren, would you keep watching Kami-sama Kiss? I wasn't sure what to make of this anime from the poster, and I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy this one as much as I had others previously. But the art style with how wonderful Nanami is and how funny everything turned out to be, I'm... I really like it. I kind of fell in love with it myself, and I absolutely will keep watching Kami-sama Kiss. You absolutely love to see it. A kawaii success in the book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, a foregone conclusion for me. I will also be watching this anime. Let's continuing it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 delightful. Yeah. I really like what it's got going on. I'm curious to see how the relationship grows, how Absolutely. it expands. Obviously, we got to see a little bit of that in the context, but I'm interested to see more. Just like I'm interested, Lauren, mm-hmm. uh, based on the context and based on the two episodes you saw, did you end up with a favorite character? I think it's unsurprising, probably. It was for me. Uh, it's Tomoe. Because yeah. I, I too, great. yeah, I too like problematic characters. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He's he's got like a very like he's a very interesting character. Like, yeah, he's, he's very funny. He's very caring. Yeah, he's very complicated. Mm-hmm. I see why you would love mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skylar, who's yours? So my favorite character is Mizuki, who's the the snake demon. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's literally the best. I love him. <laughs> he does come off as creepy at first, Lauren, or you might think it's like a little cute. Who knows mm. how uh, toxic <laughs> you could be in? But I love him. He's my favorite character. He's so cute. I thought he was sweet. Who do you like, PJ? My favorite character was obviously Skylar's is one that we only met in the context clips, uh, but she had already seen the anime. So for her, it's one. Uh, mine is surprisingly, though, also what we met in the context clips, because uh, my favorite character uh, is Otohiko. <laughs> the, the wind god. Uh, the gender fluid uh, oh, the wind, wind god. god. <laughs> 
I did really enjoy them. They were very funny. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. they just were delightful. A character trip I really absolutely love. Yeah, I liked everything about what I saw of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if I were to watch the anime, maybe I wouldn't feel as close to them. But having only seen the two episodes and the context, absolutely love Otohiko. Yeah, <laughs> they they made me laugh. I enjoyed them immensely. Uh, I'm so happy I put it in the context clips. All right. Well, we now have our kawaii success in the book, our favorite characters. Seems like there's only one thing left to do. It's time, you guys, for Is There an AMV for That? AMV Anime Music Videos Is there an AMV for that? As is always tradition, whenever we have a double uh, AMV that I'm a part of, I will quote the great Rick Astley by saying, you know the rules, and so do I. So Lauren, why don't you give me your song and artist for Kamisama Kiss? I went with um, really what I had seen in episodes one and two, and um, the kind of back and forth that was going on between Tomoe and Nanami. And so I went with Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. Ooh. Ooh. The video I found for Katy Perry's Hot and Cold is uh, like a slideshow of panels from the manga specifically. Mm. Which we have established does not get full points as it is not officially covering the, the anime, anime, but it is. So would but it, be it is two covering and a half the manga. So we have historically given this two and a half points. Perfect. That is Lauren, more than I thought I'd take. Yeah. That's 2.5 points. 2.5? Two and a half points is great. It's probably way more than I'm going to get, even though I feel like I deserve three points. Oh, oh, well then who did you go for? I went with, um, in honor of Lauren's uh, selection for the OP, I went with Slave for You by Britney Spears. Ooh, oh, what a great choice. <laughs> God, I hope this exists. There's there's not. I'm sorry, baby. The first one that comes up is Inuyasha. <laughs> That's perfect. Yikes. <laughs> For Inuyasha. I am sad. I did kind of see this coming, though. I just felt it in my bones that while I felt it was perfect, it just wasn't going to exist. So I'll take my zero points. Uh, Lauren will take her 2.5. But let's see if as a pod, we could take it a 3.5. Oh, okay. Because it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus point. Lauren, do you think there's going to be an AMV for Kamisama Kiss to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? All right, Lauren, will it exist? The choice is yours. Just because of how supernatural this is and because of how, I guess, moody Tomoe is, um, I'm going to say yes, it exists. All right, Lauren, you would be absolutely correct in saying that because <gasps> uh, there is exactly one AMV for evidence that's bring me to life. Oh, Oh, wow. I got my one. You sound so happy. You sound like you're about to cry. (laughs) Honestly, I was like, there is a very slim chance this exists. And it does. It exists in only one one video. All right. So that's 3.5 points in the book. A kawaii success in the book. And another successful journey through a new anime. Thank you, Lord, as always, for taking that trip with us. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I hope you had a good time. I hope you had a fun time. I hope you had a Kami-sama time. You know, a learning to be a new god time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A contractual kiss obli- obligating you to do whatever people want for the rest of your lifetime. But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. Nay, Kami-sama. <laughs> Bye, everyone. (laughs)
It's stuck in my head. Can't get it out. It's living in there rent free. Forever. Well, that's a good time.